Einstein got it right, man. That doesn't... What? I don't know. What did What did Einstein have right? Did he say that time travel is impossible? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah, that people are trying to figure out ways around it, though. <laughs> but the new... The new and he's like Buzz Killington at the rescue. Yeah, no, for sure. The uh, the new uh, f- uh, discovery of gravitational waves is further proving that time travel is impossible an impossibility. Really? Yep. I don't I don't, I don't know the details, but yeah, I didn't realize uh, that that was a correlation. Yep. That sucks. Yep. Fucking time travel might be impossible, but yeah, you know what is possible? The Savage Land. Check me out, Check me out, then. Check me out, then. Check me out, then. The one. One man What? man cons. What? What? Yo. Something for your ear Oh, welcome back to the Savage Land. That was a tribe called Quest with Keep It Moving. Yolp. R.I.P. Fife Dog. R.I.P. Indeed. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Tribe's one of my all-time favorite groups ever. You've had you've had a whole lot of uh, of, of favorite musicians die since we started this podcast. Have I? Yeah. Lemmy. Um, yeah, Lemmy was a bummer. He wasn't one of my favorites, but he was a bummer. There was. Let's see. There was Bowie. And I was never a huge Bowie fan. That was Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Oh yeah, that was Bowie Rachel. Fan, Rachel yeah. was the Bowie. Yep. Um, who else did we have? Let's see. There was there was another metal guy. Who was the other metal guy that died in the last? Six months to a year. Shit, I don't remember. I don't remember either. The guy from the Eagles. Oh yeah, the guy from the Eagles died. That's your uh, number one band or whatever. Oh, love the Eagles. Just play Hotel California for me every day. Living in a bed, the Hotel California. Um, you were gonna say a Marty McFly joke. What was your Marty McFly joke? Uh, next question. <laughs> How you been, man? Uh, good. Here we are uh, at Savage Land. Uh, we're we're post Utah caucus. We 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 caucused. Caucused. Uh, yeah, that was pretty bananas. Utah yeah. Utah went banat banatas bananas bananus. <laughs> um, get away from my ooples and bananus. <laughs> but I like to oot 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 ooples and bananus. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god Welcome to the Savage Land Where it's just Jason and Matt And they just talk about the dumbest shit for an hour Woo! <laughs> This might be a train wreck Because there's only two of us this week uh, Rachel Rachel has vanished uh, Due to uh, un- unconfirmed causes And uh, Josh wandered into the wilderness So <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're down And Mitch, Mitch is still uh, lost in time Trying to get back to the 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 current timeline and, and oh so that life. okay let's bring it back to the Marty McFly joke okay uh, so Mitch is out wandering around looking for the guy that says are you Mitch O'Dell <laughs> that was my that was my accent for whatever that was, that that was has. it wasn't very close I'll be honest <laughs> with you <Okay. laughs> what's, what's, I can't do that are accent. you Marty McFly yeah I can't do that accent <laughs> I, that mine was probably pretty bad too um <laughs> fuck um. No, but uh, Utah Utah Caucus. Congrats to uh, all the Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders supporters. Um, yeah, which apparently are uh, overwhelming here in Utah. Seriously, and uh, also congrats to Utah for you know not having many people vote for Trump. So <laughs> uh, I think the big I think the big congrats goes out to 
everybody for actually caring and going and voting. Yeah, that's true. I don't care who you vote for, but the fact that you voted is what's important. There was a huge turnout this year. Like record breaking. That was very impressive. Like I especially for the amount of millennials that went out and voted. I think that's massive. Yeah. Yeah. No, millennials were what? Like one of the like least populated voters ever. And now this is their uh coming out in force. Yeah. Well, and I mean and say what you will about about Bernie whether or not you support him, but I mean I think that's a huge Bernie Bernie himself and his ideals was a huge driving force in getting young people to vote. And yep. you know, regardless of what you think on his politics, that's that's an accomplishment. I agree. Um but apart from uh politics and voting and all that stuff, uh you got any you got any fun little catch up for this week, Matt? Oh boy. <laughs> Do I have some catch up for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously we both got Daredevil, but we'll save that for the end so that uh, yeah, if anyone save, wants to tune out. Yeah, we'll save Daredevil. Uh, spoiler alert, we talk about Daredevil at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, not really because I've been lost in the desert for five days or six days. How was that? Excellente. What did you do in the desert? Uh, we went to visit a James Franco uh, trapped <laughs> in the movie set for 127 hours. And you decided not to help him, I'm assuming? course not yeah like, you gotta just let them hang out there well yeah that ruins yeah why, why other people <laughs> ruins the climax that. yeah uh no but for reals though we did go to that same canyon and uh it's pretty cool man that's a pretty remote destination and uh it really puts in perspective how horrible it was for homeboy to get his arm stuck in that rock and then have to saw it off and then what puts in perspective is not only just that i'm sure that experience was absolutely terrible for him but yeah um Dude had to walk out, give or take, eight to ten miles to get to anywhere where people would be. And it's not an easy walk out. I'm sure. It's incredibly difficult. If it were me, I would have died. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think most people would have. I, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty extraordinary circumstance. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but nope, I saw The Rock. Uh, it's actually now... Uh, requ- How's he doing? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, it's part of the route now. You climb. You have to use. You use that rock to step on to climb down deeper into the canyon. Really? Yep. Huh. That's actually kind of interesting. Yep. It's like it's cool. It did that? So is that post James Franco or post uh, Aaron whatever? I don't. James did they film 127 hours on location? Yeah, they did. Dude, that's bananas to me. Really? For them to get a camera crew down there? Holy shit! Yeah, that apparently that was that was a pretty big feat. I was talking to the the um, guy who was the film commissioner at the time, and uh-huh. he was talking about that shoot. He actually has on his desk in the film commission a giant rock from uh, from the set. Holy shit! Just sitting there. Yeah, it is. For us to get there, we had to do. It was about an eight mile hike. Uh huh. Four thirty to seventy foot rappels in a slot canyon that's two to three feet wide the entire time wow and the and the and it's about 100 feet deep that's insane yeah so you, i mean it's dark down there i'm sure it's like darker than the hole where my heart is <laughs> definitely <laughs> no oh that's impressive no you know what i haven't watched it i've never watched it. i would like to watch it especially after going there it's it's a pretty freaking good movie yeah okay. i mean i'll watch it i that's one of those that's one of because uh, i mean for all the good things Franco does, he's also got like 
six bad movies for every good one. You oh, know like what I mean? that, like that new one coming out, Sausage Party, or is that not? In- uh, I don't know. That one might actually be fun, but I, I don't even know if James Franco's involved. I mean, Seth Rogen's involved, That's so you almost I, assume yeah. that he is. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, like you've got, and some of them, I guess, some of them were like cult hits or whatever. But other ones, you look, you, uh, he's got like this this duplicity to him where it's either brilliant actor James Franco or like you know comedy fall guy James Franco where he just like is the random stoner dude in any comedy sure um but yeah that's that's one of those movies where you really realize that the dude is actually a very impressive actor um so what is it like all flashbacks i mean no most of it i mean it's it's mostly him like in I mean, yeah, there, there's a decent amount of flashbacks. Uh-huh. Um, I was gonna, I mean, like a two-hour movie about some dude stuck in a canyon for five days doesn't sound crazy interesting. It doesn't sound crazy. Is but, it graphic? Yes. Very. Very. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's. I had to look away at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, think think about. I mean, I I can't. Yeah. yeah. The, the worst parts about it, like there's, you know, the, the bone and the, the uh, arteries and Ugh. yeah, no, but at that point you're, you're at that point, your, your arm's gotta be really pretty much dead. I mean, he tied a tourniquet around that for a couple of days before he even started sawing in, right? Um, I think, or I didn't it take remember. him a couple of days cause he kept passing out. Oh yeah. No, he did keep, keep passing out. Um, Ugh, Jesus Christ. There, yeah. There are a couple of moments when he really, you know, when, when the important things happen in terms of, you know, the, the big milestones and getting his arm cut off, uh-huh. uh, those little moments there are fucking brutal. Ugh. And it's been, it's been like five, let's see, when did that movie come out? I don't know. Probably. I'm, I'm guessing like 2009 or so. Um, but I mean, whatever it is, it's been since the year of release, uh, since I've seen that movie, but moments of that scene. So 2010, um, moments of that scene are still just ingrained in my mind. Oh, really? They are bad. Like, um, and I don't know if I'm the only person who, uh, who had that, but it, for me, it was definitely very like bone chilling. Um, yeah, I, in all honesty, I can't remember what moves the plot throughout the way but i do remember that i was pretty fully invested the whole way hmm. so and i'm a you know pretty uh, add movie goer um so is the the mountain adventure pretty much your only catch up this week yeah because i just uh you know mountain adventured and then uh watched daredevil like i got home uh, and then watched daredevil for an entire day wow that's pretty cool uh at that point you're pretty toast yeah i'm sure yeah um. Uh, no, no more catch up. I've just been still kind of going through Civil War. Civil War. Yeah. How far are you in now? I don't know. A third right. of the way. I've I've taken a pause on my uh, Hickman Avengers. I've been like, there's been so many things like Daredevil and Batman v Superman, and a few other things that have like taken up my time, and so I'm still like at the same exact spot that I was on on Hickman's Avengers last time. I'm like halfway through Infinity. So you want to give a. You want to give a uh, any word on BVS, or should we wait till the rest of us see it? Um, no, I'll, I'll give some word on BVS. So here's here's the thing. Buckle in, guys. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> um, right now, it's not it's not sitting too hot on the uh, on the whole tomatoometer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what I, that that yes, that's what I was talking about earlier. Thirty six percent. Thirty six percent. That's rough. That's very rough. Um, the movie. 
the movie does not play like a Marvel movie. Marvel movies are very fast. They're not too contemplative. They are, they're not quiet. Uh, Marvel movies are anything but quiet. Um, you know, and they're, and they're much more, Marvel movies are much more dialogue driven. This movie is more contemplative, more, uh, operatic in tone. It's very, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost, I, I would, I would relate it very closely to Hamlet. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it definitely if, if you were to put, you know, a spectrum of Hamlet to Avengers, it is much more on the Hamlet side. Because <laughs> that spectrum totally exists. It doesn't exist, but I mean, in terms of like, it's it's not as close to a typical superhero movie as it is to a you know play. Uh, and yeah, you you said that before. So, in what sense, like, in terms of how the dialogue and the story flow goes, or how how the f- how the flow goes? Um, first of all, it's very long. Second of all, it's it's more it's more to do with with primal feelings and 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 emotions and even almost instincts of you know people going to war over ideals mm-hmm. um and so in that way you know with with movies like avengers or even like captain america um iron man whatever it's it's more about i guess i guess it's more about the the dialogue and the emotion and the relationship between people mm-hmm. whereas batman v superman is the relationship between each individual and the world at large and their own existence. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it's a lot more contemplated because we're not dealing with people's feelings about each other. You know, in Avengers, you've got the, the whole Loki and Thor thing and, and the Captain America movies, it's, you know, he and Bucky or Captain America versus the ideology of, of Nazism. Basically mm-hmm. in Iron Man, it's him versus his problems. Um, in Batman v Superman, it's, it's much more about ideals than it is about relationships. Hmm. Um, and, and I mean, it's, good in that way like there there's there's a lot to be said about the way that it handles that um and i i found there was a lot to enjoy however it is a two and a half hour long movie uh-huh. they are dealing with a whole lot of world building they how much what's the, what do you think the percentage of world building is uh 98 <laughs> percent world building. <laughs> no um, <laughs> 2% movie i would say somewhere between 30 and 50 percent wow okay it's, I mean, the Dawn of Justice title, like, that that title itself is probably a really good choice just because this movie really is, hey, the Justice League is coming. I mean, not n- n- and sure. not to say that the resolution doesn't exist or anything. No, or sure. Not but, plot, but, but, like, but, it's a vehicle. It's it's a vehicle for the rest of the universe. Um, and and the, I think the thing is they, to make, like, making this movie, they wanted it to be the, the springboard for the rest of their universe. But then they hired a writer in Chris Terrio uh-huh. who wants to make a genuinely moving movie or a genuinely moving movie, a genuinely moving film. So you think there's a little bit of conflict of uh, of direction, of intent? Kind of, yeah. So I, I think that Chris Terrio wanted to write this myth, you uh-huh. know, this this epic myth of of man's struggle versus the all powerful and the unknown, right? The Uberman. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think he succeeded in that. However, Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder, like, you know, put Flash in it, put Aquaman in it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Was Hawkman in it? No. Um, 
Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman actually I think was not shoehorned at all. Um, Cyborg, also, um, and not and it's not like um, not like Spider Man three involved. Like they're they're pretty limited in terms of of how they're involved, and they're not major plot points uh-huh. in general. Um, the idea of them is though. Um, uh, okay, sure, but uh, I don't know. It's it's if the movie if if this had been. If this had been just Batman v Superman, uh-huh. rather than Dawn of Justice, uh-huh. if that makes sense, yeah, 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 totally. Um, I think this movie would have been a complete and total success on every count. Mm-hmm. However, do you think it's uh, maybe too convoluted for its own good? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's because and 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 it's not it's 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 almost like the the first act. There's a whole lot that they have to accomplish. In terms of getting you on board for the conflict, right? Because at this point, you're you're jumping in with only Man of Steel behind you, exactly. Which didn't really do much other than like set up. Man of Steel did not do much world building. It, it's just yeah, it's, you, know, it's you, know, you know my opinion on that. Yeah, movie. it set up Superman, and I mean it was a commercial success, but it was another one of those where it's it's very polarizing. Yeah. Um, now they address head on the the big problems with Man of Steel. Do they? That's good. Which is good. And you, okay, so here's. A, did you think that was intentional? Yes. I mean, do oh, you think? Do you think Man it, of Steel? Do you think it was in response to the, the the feedback after people saw Man of Steel, or do you think they made Man of Steel with the intention of having Batman v Superman then deal with that? So, both. Um, sure. I think that there were there were thoughts about it when Man of Steel was made, and and the 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 only reason that I give too much credence to that is because of some comments that that Zack Snyder actually made around the time that Man of Steel was being released. Uh-huh. Um, he talked about Superman when he crashes into the Wayne satellite and stuff like that, you know, and and he kind of teased a little bit about you know you never know what Batman's reaction is going to be to this type thing and so there were a couple little comments that go okay maybe they kind of had this idea mm-hmm. i don't think it was fully fleshed out or fully realized when sure. they made man of steel um however the the initial response and especially the response from bruce wayne's point of view uh-huh. is very much the audience i mean it's also it's almost like and and this isn't really spoiling much because it's in a the previews and b the the first 10 minutes of the movie well, you know me, I don't care, but, I, but other people might be like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you literally don't want to hear anything about Batman v Superman, then then you can tune out, but this isn't going to ruin the movie at all. Um, uh, picture the, the point of view of somebody who was, you know, like let's say somebody who had a loved one working in the World Trade Center. Sure. When it went down. That's kind of Bruce Wayne's position. At the beginning of the film, um, you know, one, one of his buildings was a building that Superman and Zod duked it out in and destroyed. Yeah. Um, and, and he knew people in there. Um, and so him watching Superman and Zod have this grudge match through their city while people on the ground where he is are being just completely decimated by the wreckage. You know, obviously he's very livid, really. Um, and so and, and that part of it super raw emotion and and i think it was executed really well okay there were other parts though that just kind of felt cheap um in terms of you know the age of ultron thing where they were like you know uh save the people protect the people prevent collateral damage you know all that stuff Uh which i i think was also a little cheap um 
because and not not cheap in the sense that they're being cognizant of it cheap in the sense that they say those things and then there's still parts of it where it's like okay people just died there for sure um sure you know if you're gonna commit to it commit to it type thing and there was a bit of that in in parts of man of steel where it was almost like you know people are people are dying here for sure except oh somebody said that building was vacant or you know something like that oh, like I, I gotcha type thing where it's like okay come on seriously yeah like you could have thought of a better way of avoiding killing people but you just wanted to smash buildings yeah. um but apart from that i think the both aspects of the movie were really cool and interesting the the you know man versus god and the you know setting up of of the world to come both were very interesting but put together in a film that is very contemplative and very slow moving for parts of it, mm-hmm. a little tough to swallow. And you get tonal whiplash at some points, you know, it'll go from very slow to all out fight to, you know, very slow. And so huh. there's some of that. However, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Fucking incredible. Good Bruce. He's a good Bruce Wayne and he's a great Batman. Oh, cool. Um, I can see some people having a problem with his Batman for some of the things he does. However, does, I, he, does he does he talk like Batman? Um, he actually he's got a voice modulator. And there's a little funny scene with Alfred testing out the voice modulator at first when he's like doing. Don't some, ruin the funny anyway, scenes. Yes, um, but he's got he's got a modulator like you see in the in the previewers. Like, Do you bleed? <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, he I think I think Ben Affleck is a great Batman, and and honestly I think Zack Snyder could make a really awesome Batman movie. Uh-huh. And and the Batman scenes in this movie were I think all really good. Um, Superman was handled much better than he was in Man of Steel. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Clark was handled much better than he was in Man of Steel. Okay. Superman, mm, yes and no. Um, uh, yeah, but I imagine, I mean, my, my take has always been that Superman seems like an extraordinarily difficult character to get right. Yes, I think, and, and that's, that's the problem is... Because he can take it, he can make it wrong so easily. Yes, there there are a million ways to go wrong, and there are only a few ways to go right exactly. with Superman. Exactly. Um, and and so, like, a, I think a guy like Joss Whedon could probably make an awesome Superman movie, just because he understands the interest in altruistic characters a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, anyway, and and Wonder Woman, I think Wonder Woman was incredible as well. Um, and Jesse Eisenberg as Luther. I found him surprisingly enjoyable, um, but I can see people not liking him. Chase didn't like him. If no, I think if you if you already hate Jesse Eisenberg, you'll probably hate his Luther. Uh huh. But I think if you either don't have an opinion on him or like Jesse Eisenberg, then you'll probably like his Luther. Okay. All right. I so. mean, you know, I okay. So here's here's my final. I mean, we can keep talking about it if we want. Yeah, but here's my final question: Is uh, this is so not going to be my final question? No, you're fine. Uh. Coming in from a blank slate, mm-hmm. or a pretty big blank slate. In terms of the DC Universe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with Batman. Mm-hmm. I like, maybe a tiny bit of Superman. No Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know of Aquaman is, like, people making fun of him over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of familiar with Flash, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And I watched the Green Lantern movie. Okay. How is that... How will that affect my uh, anybody's viewing experience if they don't have that sort of background? Um, the, the reason I ask is because I could imagine because I think if they're trying to go for world building mm-hmm. in one movie mm-hmm. versus uh, the only the, the obvious comparison where Marvel made 
individual films mm-hmm. up until so you got to know the characters yeah one individually one at a time or you know maybe two at a time with mm-hmm. like uh iron man 2 with black widow going in you know being introduced there mm-hmm. leading up to the world building avengers film mm-hmm. how's that is it is it accessible oh yeah they and and i think that's that i think that was part of the point so first of all other than the Trinity, other than Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh-huh. um, there's not a ton to be dealt with with the actual characters of of the Flash, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Um, more of the the idea and the theme behind them existing, sort of the, that they exist in the world. That they exist in the world, exactly. Okay. Um, and, and again, it's more of a a staging a foundation. Um, so it's not like you see Aquaman, and you're like what the fuck is this no no it's I, and i think actually the way that they introduce those characters is is kind of cool okay that's cool and it's leading it's the, the that so that's the one thing i will definitely say about this film is that it does get me excited for the rest of the universe that's good i mean i think that's that's half the battle right yeah you know i mean i think i mean it's so tricky with this kind of flagship films yeah that are trying to introduce the franchise, franchise building yeah right and i i mean i think i think i think marvel lucked into oh the avengers i don't think Fuck yes they, did. They, they were not make that was i don't think the intention was to like here's our flagship film that's going to build our world they were just like no oh shit iron man was popular let's make another one. Oh fuck that was super popular too how about one more yeah another one well shit all right let's go for it no they they threw they threw the avengers tease in um i think it was in iron man two was it in Iron Man? Oh no no no! Because in Iron in Man incre- one, it was in the Incredible Hulk. That's right. Iron Man shows up and talks to uh, Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um, th- th- they threw that in mostly as like a teaser. Yeah. It wasn't until Disney bought them that they went, "Oh, we can actually do this." Yeah. You know, and so yeah, they they did kind of luck into it, and they were very, they were helped by the fact that they had Robert Downey Jr. Oh huge without him they wouldn't have been able to pull it off no because but, th- but the reason i say that is because with with their sort of luck and how it and with the luck and the momentum that it had and and just the like the sequence that they were released it was a very smooth transition into what we now know is that oh and this is this seems like you're dropping a movie and it's the it's going this is like this is it this is happening so it's good to hear that it's that it it, it introduces uh excitement instead of like oh fuck yeah you guys did it again no and it is that's the thing is it doesn't have spider-man 3 syndrome it's not it's not overstuffed with with villains and all this stuff um i think it's more it's more trying to do two different things at once and getting lost in the mix a little bit like the importance of it gets lost in the mix because it's harder to feel the weight of a lot of the moments when (coughs) you're distracted by oh there's this thing and this thing and this thing yeah you know, when something super crazy just happened or something super impactful just happened, it's like when you have to move right on past that, then it's it's tough. And, and what about the critique of it being over CG? I can see that. Um, you know, it, it it is Zack Snyder. Um, that's my honest. That's like my ninety nine percent biggest concern. It's not. It's not Transformers level bad in terms of how much CG there is. Well, I imagine that the. I mean, we've got better technology at this point too to make yeah CG look a little. Well, better. I don't even mean in terms of how it looks. I just mean in terms of quantity. how yeah quantity yeah, of okay. it. It's not. It's not just like all CG. 
but there is a whole lot of CG. Um, and it does, I think, I think that's a big, there's, there's a lot of credence to be lent to, um, the thing that, that more and more filmmakers and especially film critics have been saying that, that the more CG there is in a film, the harder it is to actually follow the events and feel the emotion behind the events because it separates you more from the reality of that world. Yeah. Um, uh, which I'll, I agree with that. I do too. Cause, cause I think intrinsically we can always sort of tell the difference between a, like for instance, a CG character in a real environment versus a CG fight in a CG environment exactly. with CG, elements, yes, exactly. you know, um, well, I think the Hulk is a great example of that Hulk and age of Ultron. Yep. Looks fucking good. Yeah. And that's, and that is, that is a big, and he has weight in the world. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like his feet are floating a couple centimeters off the ground. It just doesn't look right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, the, and so that, that is a, a fair criticism. Okay. Um, well, so I think I, you know, I think we're, you know, in, in relation to that as well, I think we're going to see a lot more of that criticism. Yeah. With the success of star Wars. Totally. Uh, being so practical. Like, totally. Come on guys. It's 2016. It's definitely possible. To continue, oh, to continue using practical effects in an, uh, in an in an absolutely convincing way, I yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And and here's the thing, I I do like Zack Snyder as a director. I don't like him as a writer. You know, I, I don't like him as a storyteller, but I like him as somebody who can take a story and make a compelling movie out of it. Well, I I would I would absolutely agree with that. I don't think I don't like him as an actor as a director. Mm-hmm. And I would absolutely agree that he is he is very good at making compelling films. Whether or not you like them is yeah. one thing, but he does make a compelling film. Exactly. Visually. And that's and that's the thing is and I, I do think that A, I think that Batman v Superman is better than it's getting credit for. Um and I th- I think that it's a film that you really do have to follow um and, and pay attention to. It's not like the Avengers where you can kinda you know, just sort of watch it and get what's going on. You mm-hmm. do have to pay attention with Batman v Superman. Um, but all that being said, I think he was absolutely the wrong choice to make Batman v Superman and especially going into Justice League. So he is doing Justice League? He's doing, at at the very least, he's doing the first Justice League. Ouch. That's next year, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's Wonder Woman and Justice League. Yeah. And he's, so he's... And they're driving hard with it, aren't they? They are. Um, he's not involved with Wonder Woman. And I think Wonder Woman has the most potential to be a smash hit. I I would be surprised if Wonder Woman was not a smash hit. Yeah, because he, he's not he's not involved. No, a he's not involved. B, it's you know I think DC is going to kill it with the the female lead. I think superhero. I think that's going to be huge. Yes, and Wonder Woman's always been such an iconic character mm-hmm. culturally mm-hmm. for. Well, that's the thing. She's forever. been she's been an icon almost without public presence you know what i mean no exactly and so it's like if she can carry that kind of weight without even having a movie of her own you know with basically just a tv series from the 70s and that's it like that's pretty impressive could you imagine wonder woman directed by Zack snyder and it's just like boobs and abs Oof. well that's the thing is it was the snyderness was definitely toned down a bit in regards to wonder woman i think warner brothers had a lot of oversight and like hey let's uh be sensible here However, like, like don't sucker punch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However, some of that uh, some of that Snyder rage got uh, transferred over to Amy Adams a little bit. I think. Oh, ouch! 
Um, and not not a hundred percent, but there there was like there was one sort of gratuitous scene, okay. where it was like constant side boob. Um, yeah. Um, but one, I think Wonder Woman was handled beautifully. Um, but I I really genuinely believe that all of DC's you know solo films are going to be really good. Okay. Um, I think Wonder Woman will be awesome. I think Aquaman will be a fantastic film. Uh, the Flash is being written by uh, Chris Miller and or Phil, uh, yeah. yeah, Chris Miller yeah. and Phil Lord, yeah. um, the writers of the Lego Movie and Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I mean, the Flash has always been my favorite DC character, anyway. So totally, I'm, and I'm pretty excited for that. I actually, after after the little appearance that he has in Batman v Superman, I actually do think he's a really good choice. Oh, cool. Um, but. Uh, yeah, and then like Cyborg is going to have his own film, which might even turn into a Teen Titans film, which is exciting. Um, well, that's that's cool, man. I you know I I it's funny, man. So th- we've been ramping up to BVS, and like I'm yeah. like Marvel all the way. Uh huh. I, I feel so stupid saying that, but no, you're fine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like no, I don't, but, I don't but, perceive you as stupid. For no, no, no. But it's like you know you hear people like oh uh, fuck DC uh, Marvel, but it's so yeah. funny because as we're ramping up into this. There is like this reptilian part of my brain that's like, I hope that movie fails. <laughs> Marvel is the only way. It's the only true way. <laughs> and then my rational brain's like, dude, it's going to be super fun. Yeah. So I'm totally, one. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I'm excited to see a different superhero universe uh, sort of launching pad. Yeah. And th- there's a lot to have fun with in this movie. It's just really surprising to me that I, I do have this lizard brain that's like don't want to like this movie be mad about it don't 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 take any pleasure from it yep and I, I, I don't even know where it's coming from like i'll feel it it's funny like you were like i'm going to see batman versus superman it's like i hope it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i was like why am i thinking this i don't know if it sucks i hope it's great a lot of a lot of people share your opinion but i don't but that's the thing that's not really my opinion yeah it's just that it's that just like this instinct, in, initial yeah. weird instinctual reaction where it's like <laughs> what the fuck where'd that come from <laughs> Like no, I, yeah. I'm, I'm all inclusive here. Everything's cool. It's all we're, it's all good. Yeah. Why do I? Why do I want it to fail so hard? <laughs> I know it is that that weird just sort of rivalry instinct. It's so weird, yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to have. I mean, I don't like feel like I have an intrinsic need to have a rivalry between Marvel and DC. I just have much more familiarity with Marvel. But yeah, definitely, it definitely, it's there's like there, yeah that lizard part of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> sticks its little fucking head on it's like yeah you hate that don't you matt <laughs> no i don't want to hate it yes you do <laughs> yeah i i'm glad it's out of the way and uh and i, I I'll... okay all right so if I, so for real's final question then we can mm-hmm. move on yeah dc fan for i don't know how many years mm-hmm. I've, like, I've been a dc fan for as long as i can remember yeah so are you stoked yeah it's not a bummer you're not like you're not like fuck guys there's no party that's like i mean other than your minor critiques of the movie there so so there are parts of me that are bummed out with certain way like with with things about this movie Mm -hmm. like overall i definitely think this movie could have been done better and i think almost it would have it could have almost been served better as a a two-part movie you know release this in march and then like in november release part two or something oh sure I think that could have been really good, especially because, you know, the ultimate cut of it's going to be like four hours. Ugh. I really there, cause there was that rumor that, that it was going to be split into two movies. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that was, that would have been the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, then story doesn't get sacrificed as much. Sure. Um, 
so that that i think would have been especially because there are really two climaxes you know there's the batman and superman fight and then there's the obvious you know inevitable fight after that when they do something that would yeah team up or whatever yeah um but uh yeah so that that part to me was a little disappointing um that it was that it was pretty overstuffed um i guess i'm asking because when i saw iron man uh it was just like i walked out of the movie like so fucking stoked Mm -hmm. and just completely like fuck yeah this is this is it this is happening and this is so cool and it would bump it bums me it would bum me out if that if bvs was not that experience for mm-hmm. for long-term dc fans yeah no and that's the thing is so it as 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 much as the movie itself had a lot of disappointing things it did get me very excited um first of all i i will watch <coughs> any and all ben affleck batman movies mm-hmm. i'm insanely excited for for wonder woman movies um, really curious for the the future of um, you know where they're going with Superman, as well as the teases that they made for for what is going to bring the Justice League together, mm-hmm. like really big time teases in term in terms of just like what it could possibly mean. Uh-huh. Um, kind of insane in terms of the scope of it, uh-huh. and it could actually be something that Zack Snyder could do really well at. Okay. Um, and so I, I am very excited for the future of, of the universe as a whole. Um, but the execution in this movie, there, there were, there were certain things that bummed me out. However, so yeah, however, there, there were a lot of things that just genuinely got me super excited. Cool. Good. They got more right than they got wrong. I guess is the long and short of it. (laughs) Too long. Didn't read. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Too long. Didn't listen. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, well, good, man. Cause I, you know, I mean, I really do stand by that. I think that. It's always a bummer when, um, I mean, I kind of liken it to when if Star Wars would have came out and sucked. Yeah, if it was the prequels. If it was the prequels. And yeah. No, 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 but it, I mean, it's such a different time now than it was during the prequels that, you know, the amount of hype we had towards Star Wars, the amount of, like, everything going up to it. Yeah. It's been something that's been, I mean, you know, I you know I think Star Wars and particularly the, the, the holy trinity of DC characters. Yes. Uh have this sort of the same sort of public image. Yeah. You know? I mean, Superman's the, the, the original superhero. And oh, it, totally. You know, and we've had, I mean, they've, they've just been, D- DC owns the top three iconic superheroes. Well, I, I mean, it's, uh, that tone's changing, but <laughs> up and up until the Marvel cinematic universe, that was indisputable. What do you think? Spider-Man was bigger than Batman. I think Spider-Man would be top three. I don't know who I would knock off of the DC because I think definitely, yeah. I think it would be Batman, Superman, and Spider Man. You're you're probably right there, if only because of exposure. I mean, Spider Man's a yeah. Spider Man is such a has always been such a huge global phenomenon. It, that is true. So maybe three of the top four cultural. But I would. But you're absolutely. I mean, I have to. Yeah. I got to throw Spidey in there. Man, he's my boy. But it's true. Well, and Spidey. Spidey is iconic. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if you got a if you got a Japanese show in the seventies called Spider Man. Yeah. With his uh, giant robot Lepidon. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty huge. It is. Um, no, you're, but you're absolutely right. I mean, DC does. I, I the the MCU probably changed that. I think Iron Man's Iron Iron Man's probably up. Yeah, and maybe even at the, the top, top global, point, yeah. yeah, superhero. I mean, even I think he's he's almost higher than Batman. The only like the only 
battle that Iron Man has is is branding in terms of like you know it's harder to wear an Iron Man shirt than it is a Batman shirt because you don't know it's an Iron Man shirt exactly there, there's not really like a logo except the arc reactor well, I mean you got his helmet his helmet's pretty uh, universally it, known as it is it's just I mean you know if you were it's to look the, out into the, the symbol yeah exactly yeah, it's not the Superman s and I think those above anything else those were two of the biggest reasons why Superman and Batman became icons. Oh, I would. I mean, like even Spider Man. You know, his spider on his chest is recognizable, but it's yep. not like it doesn't quite have that sort of iconic imagery. That totally, you could look at some. You could look at one and you would see it, and you'd be like, "Cool, that's a spider on someone's shirt." Yeah. Oh, sorry, that's Spider Man. Exactly, and like, and like with Wonder Woman, they could have gotten there. Yeah, I don't think Wonder Woman has it because I mean she's got the WW belt logo thing, but yeah. Anyway, that, yeah, and that's the thing is, I think that could have happened, but they never gave her the right kind of exposure. Right. Trivia fact, really quick about Wonder Woman. Okay. The creator of Wonder Woman, um, also William Marston, also created what um, revolutionary device? What revolutionary device? Uh, the vibrator. No. <laughs> I'm gonna get flack for that one. He he used many vibrators. He was that type of person. Um, he's a really weird guy, but I don't know the lie detector, oh, the polygraph. Really? Yeah, no shit. The inventor of the polygraph created Wonder Woman. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh. So we'll move on past the uh the Matt Mammy Superman talk. Long and short of it is, um, the movie could have been better, but I really liked it. However, it's really exciting for the future. Good, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think uh, you should be. I think I think there's a lot to like in this movie. Granted, there are, you know, there's Snyderisms, but there's a lot to like. Yeah. So it's, it's so weird, man. I'm excited to see it despite really not liking Zack Snyder at all. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll take, I'll, I, I've talked, I know I've talked so much shit on Zack Snyder on, on the podcast. <laughs> I really don't like his movies, except I was looking through a top list of all of his movies. Uh huh. I forgot one movie he did Guardians of Gahul. That I fucking loved and it was not guardians of kahul although i did think that was a cool movie that's cool which movie dawn of the dead remake oh shit that was him huh with uh with uh um with uh he did that with uh james gunn yeah yep. yeah yep man that that team up oh yeah oof but that's an awesome movie. No, for sure. That it's just like it's weird to see their trajectory since then. Oh, totally. But I, the two I, of them. Oh, I know. Because James Gunn is almost the anti Zack Snyder. Oh, he in every <laughs> in every essence, and I and that's the thing. James Gunn, I absolutely love. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited for the. That's the thing is like with this universe, we haven't seen any of it not being handled by Zack Snyder yet. Right, and I think that's. I mean, you know, I'm gonna hold my opinion for this movie until I see it. I'm yeah. excited to see it. I might not. I I definitely have a feeling I might not like it. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't. But I'm I'm excited to see it, and I want I want to check it out totally. And there but, are, there are things. Uh, Wonder like. Woman movie. I'm totally stoked for a Flash movie. I'm super stoked for. Yeah, I'm sort of on the fence on Suicide Squad. We'll see. Yeah, I think if nothing else, it, it gives the universe more depth. Um. Especially yeah, after but you this want, movie. I mean, still, you want it to be a good movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, well, and I think I think it'll be entertaining at the least. Um, but Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, I think is really the movie that can make this universe happen because uh, it's it's yeah, it's, I, I agree because it 
isn't it setting up like a, a large chunk of sort of timeline? Yes. It, it, it not only is it setting up a ton of timeline, but it's also I mean it's it's basically taking the best elements of Captain America and the best elements of Thor, and and combining them into one film. You know, it's it's a, a timeless woman. Well, like then a, it, then in that sense, it's got some competition. That's going to be a tough. Uh, not to say that they're not going to pull off a good movie, mm-hmm. but I could imagine I could see it being a tough sell if 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 it if it if it either a emulates it too much or b mm-hmm. is compared too frequently to it. Um, yes, I, I can see that. However, um, I think with the fact that the, the emotional aspect of it is very much, it, the emotional aspect of it is very similar to, to Captain America in terms of a woman being, you know, a woman out of time, basically mm-hmm. a woman who outlives all of her loved ones. Um, as long as we don't get any, I get that reference jokes. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I'd be very surprised if, if this version of wonder woman would ever be that type of person because she's she's really she's serious she well not even that she's serious because she 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 can be like kind of playful and lighthearted, but like she's very intelligent and very on top of things mm-hmm. um but then you know for for the the plot standpoint it's similar it's more similar to thor because it's you know greek mythology and, right. and gods and and right. that type of stuff and so i, I think and especially narrative wise, you know, the, the approach that they're taking to it of sort of this three acts of, you know, ancient times when wonder woman was, was created, um, you know, second act being uh, world war one era when wonder woman exposed herself to the world. And then act three being, you know, modern day. Like I think just narratively telling that story and that structure and, and dealing with the, the character growth and then the loss that you have to deal with over those tar- times. I think it's, it's, not that it's easy to pull off, but that type of story lends itself pretty well to a compelling movie. Sure. What well, What was the movie that came out just recently that took place over a long period of time and it like had characters that followed through the whole way with Hugh Jackman in it? Uh, it, was, it was very poorly received. Oh, Pan? Pan no, not Pan. Uh, shit, I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. <laughs> no anyway um well cool anyway, yeah anyway that's cool man you know i'm i'm, I'm glad I, I i'm glad that uh that dc's getting some love i am too it's it, it's good to see ha- like having the big two finally both up there and con- like not in contention but both yeah with universes that are that are happening um anyway uh Moving on to, to to more things that aren't just one movie. Um, <laughs> no, let's talk about Batman versus Superman without having even seen the movie. Uh, no. Yeah, I know. That's the weird thing is I've seen it twice and technically it still isn't released. Yeah. And so I'm like, I, I'm in this weird spot where I want to talk about all the things in it, but nobody is available to talk about them. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited for next week when we can actually talk about some of those things. And I am curious to see everyone's reaction to it. Um, anyway, so <laughs> did you hear that uh, Dan Harmon is producing an animated movie in stop motion about Michael Jackson's monkey? Bubbles. Bubbles. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Now, he did He did produce... So his animation studio, Starburns Industries, um, they 
produced a movie called Anomalisa this year. It's a stop motion. Yeah, that, Jenna Kasaj, she, thought it was, she said it was amazing. Yeah, I heard it was really good. I still haven't seen it, but I really want to see it. Yeah, I'd like to check it out too. Um, and that was super well received. And so it seems like this would be the same type of style. Maybe it'd be more comedic. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally all. Um, so it was it was a script that was on the blacklist which is basically where aspiring screenwriters go and post their scripts yeah. and hope that it gets picked up. Yeah. Um, so this one did get picked up by, by Starburns Industries. Um, and that's really all that, uh, all that is known about it in terms of, you know, story or, or what type of tone they'll approach or anything. Um, I like, I don't know if the script is available to read. I would assume since the rights have been acquired, it's probably not on the blacklist anymore. Uh, but who knows? Um, hmm, that's weird. A fucking bizarre piece of news. Um, in other news, Disney and Marvel are threatening to film uh, or to to boycott filming in Georgia over their proposed uh, anti-gay law. So technically, it's a it's a yeah, quote unquote anti-gays. I guess I should say right. It's technically a um, religious freedom law. Yeah. It's it it's has, one of those it attempts has, to. It, I mean, it has larger repercussions, but I think the biggest one is anti-gay. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm. I think that's great. I think people in power, companies in power, you know, any sort of powerful public entity, whatever that form may take. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's really good that they stand up for what they think is right. Totally. Well, and especially, I mean, we, you know, some people hate it, some people love it. I. You know, I'm kind of a pretty capitalist person, but we do live in a capitalist country. And so for things to actually happen, for progress to be made, you know, it's kind of up to those corporations in, in some cases because they they really are the people that hold the power. You and, know? They alter, and they alter public perception. Totally. Faster than like... Especially in this type of environment. Yeah, faster than me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, totally. I mean, we can we can yell to our friends list all we want about this or that social cause, but it, it real change doesn't happen until you know the big companies and corporations actually get behind it. You know, yeah. Um, whether it be Apple taking a stand against the FBI, whether it be Disney taking a stand against the state they're filming in. In any case, you know they that's really what it takes to actually cause some real change. So that's good. Um. And on the Disney and Marvel side. Uh, okay. What do we got? Joe Russo, one of the directors of Captain America Civil War, describes the movie as a love story. I saw that, and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's your interpretation of that? My interpretation... Okay, here's, here's... I have two interpretations. Okay. One interpretation is there will be uh, sort of a story with Cap and Agent 13. Yeah. What's her What's her name? Uh, Sharon. Sharon, right? Um, so I think maybe that's it. But I think the real thing is it's a love story in the sense of these. It's people pouring their love for the characters into the film. That's That's also not a bad uh, not a bad interpretation. I think I think it's probably going to be a love story in many aspects. You think it's going to be a love story between Cap and Iron Man? Um, yes. So, so my, so the first, the first two reactions I had when I saw that was a cap and Bucky, um, you know, sort of more of a, a brotherly sure. love type thing. Yeah. Um, and then cap and Iron Man where it's a, 
you know, not 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 spurned lover, but like you know, a scorned friend. You know, like a a, a burned bridge and and kind of the. Well, I think it's two people so passionate about what they do with and that enter into such a devi- divisive scenario. Yeah, that it tears them apart. Yeah, well, and I mean, look at it in this election. You know, there could not be a more divisive election going oh, on totally. right now, and it and it does cause so much just tension and, and borderline heartbreak over over the things that people choose to support or not support. What if civil war just sucks? <laughs> Dude, that would be the biggest bummer of all time. <laughs> I think so too. Because I was, uh, you know, like with with Batman v Superman, you know, it's Zack Snyder, and you're like, okay, I, I've got my reservations about this. But with Civil War, it's like the expectation is astronomical, s- so high. Not only because it's an MCU movie, so the expectation there is already very high. Yeah. But then it's the Russo brothers who did the highest ranked MCU movie. And Winter yeah, Soldier. well, the Russo brothers and Marcus and McFeely, who the four of them together. Yeah, made Winter Soldier, which is yeah, uh, yeah. In a lot of opinions, the best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, or the best Marvel movie, or even almost even superhero movie. I, yeah, I like The Dark Knight is the only movie I hold above that one. I would agree with that. It's I mean, I fucking love The Dark Knight. Dark Knight's so good. That kicked my ass so hard when I saw that. So yeah, um, uh, but yeah. I mean, there's so much expected, and and you take that all of those successful ingredients of the Winter Soldier, literally the entire cast of that movie yeah. is coming back for this one. Yeah, plus Iron Man and the rest of the Avengers. I know. Like, what if it's just like a huge steaming pile of shit? And Spider plus Spider Man too, and Black Panther. I know. I know. I know. And, that, and I bet you a billion dollars cameos that we don't know about yet. Oh, and Ant Man. Shit. Fuck. I know. Dude, I know. Yeah. So, I mean, the, there's a little bit of concern for me how they're going to handle the, the ensemble cast, but I do think it's a good sort of testing ground going into For Infinity, Infinity War. Yeah. I, I think, honestly... How inf- do we handle 70 superheroes on screen? I, I think, honestly, Infinity War is the one that I'm more worried about than Civil War. Well, but that's really why I think this is testing ground. Like, how... Okay. Yeah, how well can you handle 12 of yes, them? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw 12 Fuck. at you, see how that goes. Yeah. We've already thrown five at you with the Avengers. Yep. And and even during Eltron, we added three more, so... Yeah. Seven, so here's 12, and then after that, it's going to be <laughs> scale 70. scale keeps getting bigger, I know. And, and I mean, the hard part with this one is, it is one movie. You know, at least with, with Infinity War, they're splitting it up into two. That's true, so I would imagine, like, you could get a good chunk of, like, some of them, and then you can introduce some later in the other film. Totally. Well, and I think, you know, the fact that Black Panther and Captain Marvel are both coming out in between the two films yeah. speaks a lot to that, because I'd be surprised if Captain Marvel showed up and Well, actually, that's not true. She'd probably be introduced in Infinity War Part 1. I don't know. I Maybe Guardians. Who I knows? bet you would. I... Yeah, who knows? I can't see. Yeah. It's like, who knows where she'd show up? Yeah. I, so, I mean, I do think this movie is going to be awesome, but, like... It is it is on such a high pedestal that falling off would be ever so easy. Yep, <laughs> yep, I agree. Uh, but I, I, you know, it's funny, man, because there's like there's again that part of my brain that's like, there's absolutely no way this movie could suck. Yeah, it's just impossible. Totally, there's just no way. Well, I'm even I'm even on that train. That's the thing is like I'm not the biggest Marvel fan, but I've enjoyed. Every MCU movie, like my least favorite is is the first Avenger, but even that one I kind of enjoyed. Um, yeah, yeah. But man, the Winter Soldier knocked my fucking socks off. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was such a good movie. I, I hadn't felt that way since watching The Dark Knight. You well, know? I, and and to give the MCU credit, 
Yeah, and more credit than it already already owns. Yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck yeah, which was just this left field. And that that's the thing. 2014 for the MCU was a good damn year. Pretty ridiculous. Guardians and Winter Soldier in the same year. Yep. I mean Jesus. Yep. And that's also when Agents of Shield got good. Yeah. It is. I mean, yeah, once once Winter Soldier happened, Agents of Shield all of a sudden hit the gas pedal. Yeah. It, it so I that just came out. I did watch that. That's the premiere happened last week. Uh-huh. It's fucking cool. Really? It's getting good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I at some point I'm going to catch up to it. It's worth it. So here's the thing, which is what I appreciate is it leads into the MCU movies. Yeah. So it led into Age of Ultron really nicely. And that is cool. It dealt with the devastation of Age of Ultron really nicely. Did uh, it really? I, yeah. I imagine it's also going to affect Civil War to some degree. Okay. That that See, that's that's the part that I don't really know about too much. Like, sure, the movies affect the TV show a lot, but we have yet to see the TV show affect the movies. Just because it's too niche. Exactly. It's too and that's, that's kind of why like sometimes I disregard it. Like, because I think it's cool, but it's like, what does any of this really mean? You know what I mean? Like, what's the impact of any of this? Well, it's its own side story. That's all. That's all it is. It doesn't impact the world. It's not some giant meaningful thing that. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, you know my relationship with tie-ins. Well, I mean, let's be fair and and uh, and uh, segue in a super awesome way. (laughs) Daredevil doesn't affect the movie at all. It's true. Daredevil does not affect the MCU movies in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And we love it. Yeah. I would assume. That's true. But it, it's also not one... It, but it doesn't even interact. That's the thing. It's like, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the movies are constantly affecting it. I got, I got what you're saying. So that you get this... Well, I mean, they're... they're, well, well, they're Daredevil, with Daredevil, it establishes a precipice. And that's it. That's true. It, does, mo- it doesn't... It, do, it only says, this, this event happened, period. Yeah. Here's the fallout of that event, and that's all. That's, yeah. that's all we got. You know what I do like about Daredevil 2 is... It doesn't set any necessity for time period. Like, Not at all. Like season two could have happened literally like a week after season one ended. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it did say like the last year. Okay, sure. At one point, but yeah, I mean, really, really, that story didn't need to be at any specific time. No. So I mean, it is sort of floating in this other world. Yeah. Which makes me think that they're not going to put those characters in the films. Yeah. And if they did, I would shit my fucking pants. I know. Well, so, and that's the thing is like. I don't think they would have much of a place in Infinity War, unless you know, unless it's like the the I don't, I mean, following a B plot of the ground level heroes taking care of citizens. Maybe I mean I, I hear you, but like, what fucking place does Hawkeye have in Infinity War? Maybe he doesn't have one either. <laughs> exactly, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously though, I mean, like, I think there's a lot of that with uh, you know, you get these ground. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, okay, you know, Cap's like super strong and stuff, but he what he can't go in space. Yeah, without a helmet. <laughs> just have uh, a cap helmet yeah scarlet witch can't go in space but yeah. she can do some cool stuff so yeah well no she just she just uh uh say okay. no more space no more space <laughs> oops <laughs> fuck that was like um well no but speaking of hawkeye this is before we jump into Daredevil. oh yeah, yeah, yeah i know exactly where we're going with this and yeah. if they don't do it i will be so mad fucking right it would be the perfect time. It's like, okay, we're about to go really cosmic here. Yep. Let's take Hawkeye and have him assemble the Defenders. Yeah. To, you know, like, basically give him a mission to establish, you know, and, and you know, uh, corral all these street-level heroes that are cropping up and be with the fucking Defenders. Yeah. 
And do so if people who haven't heard this are going, what the fuck are you even talking about? Um, Jeremy Renner said he is open to doing a Hawkeye Netflix series. They would be idiots to not do it at this point. Fuck, right? Just take take Matt Fraction's book, take take the Hawkeye series, yep. and interweave a little bit of crossplay with the other characters to and, build into Defenders. Yep, and cast uh, Parks and Rec girl as uh, Kate Bishop. Aubrey Plaza as yeah, Kate Bishop. Yep, Fuck yes. Yep. And and sure, I mean, kill off his family in Civil War and then put him in a Netflix series. Yeah, done. Yeah, you can you literally like doing that, killing off his family in in Civil War would put him at the perfect spot to start him in that Netflix series. Yep. I mean, sure, you'd give him a little bit more PTSD in terms of, like, what he's dealing with emotionally, but that's fine. But it's also Hawkeye. He's got that sort of, like, he's got... Let things fly off or internalize everything and not really... Yeah, and be sort of that it. carefree exterior. Yeah. They haven't shown it a lot in the film, but that's just definitely his character in the, in the books. Oh, yeah. Well, and even, I mean, even in, like, Avengers, those, you know... Well, in both Avengers movies, there are a lot of times like that, especially in the first one when he and uh, Black Widow were talking after he was, yep. you know... He's definitely showed things like that, and I think that would be the perfect way to handle Hawkeye. Is like have him be, you know, okay, running around with the Avengers, too much risk. It killed my family. I can't handle this anymore. But there's people, you know, there these vigilantes need somebody experienced to help them learn how to save people yeah. and how to fight. Like that'd be so fucking perfect. I, I want that movie so bad. God, like or that show. That show. Yeah. Like I want that more than Luke Cage. I want that more than. Yeah. Iron Fist. Well, and that was, in my mind, that was the only, like, thing stopping them is, like, shit, they already have Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, and so... Uh, dude, I, uh, you got someone like Jeremy Renner who's saying, like, I'll do it. Exactly. You fucking do it. Yeah. You say, fucking... oh, oh, sorry, hold on, here's the contract. Yeah, Oscar-nominated actor Jeremy Renner. Let me type that up real quick for you. <laughs> Seriously. Like, they, they should already have this in development with Matt Fraction, the showrunner. Oh, my God, that'd be the best. Fuck, I know. Well, he that's the thing, is Matt Fraction is already working in television. He and Kelly Sue have signed, um, uh, like signed a deal to start developing TV TV series. Oh, cool! Yeah, and so and could I you think, imagine if it was a TV show and they did it in that same like purple tone? Fuck, that'd be so, that'd be so cool, so good. Just the color palette on it is just bright and popping, yes, and oh, uh, my god, oh my god, every episode would have its own different color tone. Yep. God, that'd be so tight. That would be the best. Get him, especially. Oh my, that'd be the perfect. The perfect way to start off is the the thing at the beginning of the Fraction comic with the with his dog. Yeah. With him saving that dog. Pizza dog. He just lost his family. This dog is like what he clings yeah. to. Long live pizza dog. To, yeah, like, oh my god. I, I know, dude. It would be so perfect. I know. If, if, if anyone out there has not read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye Run. Oh, Jesus, do it. Just stop everything you're doing and read that. It, yeah. is, it is easily top three best comic series I've ever read. Oh, totally. And not only, I mean, it even continues strong once Jeff Lemire takes over, but like, man, Fraction's part, even though when you were reading it in real time, it was super frustrating because of all the delays. It doesn't matter now. It's worth it now. Holy crap, dude. Yeah, I would, I mean, if they, maybe they already have, but that's that's one of a very few select comics that I want in like a hardcover bound. Oh, totally. Yeah, they've got, right now they, I think they actually just barely released the full hardcover omnibus. For the whole run? For the whole run. I want it. Yeah. Because I saw it on Amazon for pre-order like a couple months ago. Um, I think it's out now. It is. It really is one of the most entertaining, heartfelt stories ever. Absolutely. And that, that, another thing to that is that is a book if I, like, I'm getting that hardcover omnibus at some point, no matter what, but that is one that I will take to conventions and stand in line for hours to get all the creators to sign it to. Sure. 
Like I, I would love to have that omnibus with Fraction, Aha, Anywoo, and uh, Matt Hollingsworth all yeah. signed on it. Like I would, suff- I would take just Aha and be happy. That's true. David Aha is fucking. The art in that book is incredible. Yeah. Anyway, it really is. Um, but no, that so that. Okay, well, I got really excited about something that's maybe not even gonna happen. <laughs> I know. I really hope <laughs> it does, though. Like this, if there's ever a time where fan petitions need to actually make something happen. This well, is I mean, it. I know Netflix has expressed and sort of like teased that there's more coming after what we know about. Yes. I just I want this to be during what we know about you know because i think it would play so well with it yeah i don't i mean i would i think with that option like okay now you're netflix and you've got this option on the table yeah you've got jeremy renner saying i'll do hawkeye yeah and you're looking at your table and you've got ghost rider and you're like "Hmm, (laughs) which one should i do you know not to say ghost rider is not cool but I don't know. I don't think Ghost Rider is super cool. No, Ghost Rider is '90s cool. He's totally '90s cool. All right, let's 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 proper segue. You know who was '90s cool that I never cared for? That now I uh, that I my at least in this one interpretation, my entire perception has changed. Is uh, Daredevil? Fucking Punisher, dude. Oh, pun- okay, yeah. Holy shit. So, so from this point on, because we've pretty much covered everything, there were a couple of like little things that I had, but I don't care to cover them since we've you know spent a good amount of time talking. Um, other than Zack Snyder talking about collateral damage in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? So, really what? quick before we dive, dive yeah. into Daredevil. Uh <laughs> People people were mad about Man of Steel, um, obviously, and the collateral damage that Superman caused. And so, Zack Snyder at a press screening or at a at the premiere, I think, for Batman v Superman, decided to uh, respond to those critics three years later, and and say and 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 put Star Wars in the crosshairs. What? Um, <laughs> He's like. Alderaan got blown up. <laughs> so, like, fuck you. He here, here's what, so Snyder was mystified when somebody told him that they couldn't think of a movie in recent memory that's had as much collateral damage as Man of Steel. Uh, Snyder says, uh, "Let's see." He goes, "I went really," and I said, "Well, what about The Force Awakens?" In Star Wars, they destroy five planets with billions of people on them. That's got to be one of the highest death toll movies in history. The new Star Wars movie, if you just do the math. He's such a jackass. <laughs> that, <laughs> statement, I mean, that statement alone means you don't understand the character of Superman. Yeah. That, and that is, that is my biggest contention is Zack Snyder. Above all else, Zack Snyder was the wrong person to handle Superman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Superman would be better handled by one of like the showrunners from Degrassi. Sure. If only because they understand the emotional altruistic storytelling a lot better. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, he's not wrong in terms of, yeah, those like in star Wars, they killed a lot of people. The bad guy killed a lot of people, but he's, but he's dead wrong with his, of what collateral damage (laughs) means. Yeah. That wasn't collateral damage. That was a villain attacking something. Yes. That was a direct attack. Yeah. This, like the collateral damage of Superman was things that happened as Superman was brawling somebody. Right. So yeah, dumb. Um, <laughs> fucking dumb, dumb, that's, dumb, that's dumb, stupid, dumb. Um, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could have been like, you know, what about, uh, 
Hulk rampaging through South Africa. That would maybe have been a little bit better of a scenario to. No, oh, fucking easily. Um, technically, nobody dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which that was that was cheap. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Joss Whedon's a better writer than that. Uh, so. Okay, from this point on, we're going to be talking about Daredevil Season 2. If you haven't watched it yet, feel free to tune out. I mean, depending on our runtime, I may even just throw this in a separate episode. Sure. Um, so, I guess, if you're listening to this right now, you know whether or not this is uh, an episode. So, really quick, I'll I'll give the uh, the call signs of... Uh, follow us on any social network at Savage Land Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Savage Land Pod on Twitter. Leave us your Keith David reviews. Um, we're watching Jurassic Park Lost World probably next week. And, I don't even need to watch it. You guys have to watch it. And then Animal Man by Jeff Lemire after that. Uh, so Which if, I already read. God, catch up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Daredevil. Let's talk about Daredevil Season 2. Um, if this is a separate episode, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! This is Jason and Matt. It's um, the Savage Land. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Daredevil Season 2. Uh, segue. I mean, we already segued. So, okay. Well, okay. What's your overall opinion? What's your, uh, in a nutshell, what's your, uh, too long didn't listen opinion? Uh, unpopular opinion puffin time. Uh, I liked... Your opinion time. Yeah. (laughs) I liked season two more than season one. No, that's not an unpopular opinion. It's, it's rated higher than season one is. I thought season one was ninety eight and season two was like eighty two or something like that. If you look tomatoes. at the, if you look at the individual episode listing on IMDb, uh huh. Well, that's IMDb though. You don't think it's? I usually go to Rotten Tomatoes for for scores on movies. Just oh, cause... like thirty six percent BVS. That's fair. You, you do have a point. <laughs> and I mean, I don't always. I guess I don't always trust Rotten Tomatoes because yeah, they are. A I, I generally go by IMDb. Sometimes. I generally go by IMDb. That's fair because it's an aggregate of. Critics and anyone else. Yeah, it, everyone's weighted equally. That yeah. makes I get I, I get what you're saying. Okay. Point being, I'm on board. The average was about eight point nine on season one. Uh-huh. And the average in season two is nine point two. Fuck. Yeah, yeah I I loved it. Yeah. So and okay, full 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 spoiler warning. Nothing held back. Fuck off if you get mad because because you have plenty of warning. Except for that end scene, I won't spoil that. You won't. I will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um okay well uh uh i mean so here's here's my two cents because i i really liked it i thought yeah. it was very good very uh but i think i liked season one more because i'm kind of in the camp of i really like origin stories okay i've always really liked origin stories and i thought daredevil was one of the best origin stories we've seen on tv or film yeah, I agree with that. In terms of pacing, timing, I mean, so I think there was a little bit of jerkiness for me when it popped in and it was like him running around already in a suit and I was like, okay, this is what I'm in for. He is already Daredevil. Yeah. But it did not take long for me to get really invested. Those uh, those yeah. first four episodes, that first story arc with establishing the Punisher. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it was really good. Even just the first scene that he enters when he, when he goes into the fucking hospital and just starts oh yeah brutal what the fuck like that was insane yeah he was he was doing a bit of the john bernthal itchy head thing 
<laughs> I'm okay. Well, so that's so. So I mean, but but yeah. To bring it all back to what I was saying, either on the last episode of the podcast or the same podcast you're still listening to. <laughs> um, uh, for me, he was my breakout star of the season. Yes, I thought because I, you know, if honestly, like back for my entire history of reading Marvel comics, if the Punisher showed up, I probably skipped the issue. <laughs> Seriously, I've despite n- being a Spider-Man fan, despite being a Spider-Man fan, he doesn't show up in a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. I read. No, but his first appearance wasn't Spider-Man when I before I was reading comics. That's so. fair. That's fair. Uh, I just don't. I never thought the Punisher was that interesting of a character. Yeah. I think I thought revenge was the dumbest motive to be a superhero. So did you? Did you or never read or whatever you want to call it? Did you never read um, Punisher Max? No. I okay. Didn't. Because I, I have heard, and I, I, I still haven't read it either, that's but I have heard... Ennis, right? Yep, Garth Ennis. Yeah. I, I mean, I've also heard that's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really liked Punisher in Original Sin. Yeah. I thought he was a great character because he had the play with Doctor Strange, which was perfect. That was fucking incredible. But generally, no, I don't like Punisher. I don't think he's a great character. I think I thought the idea of revenge was so dumb. But in this setting where it's all about... It's not about... I mean, he has mo- his motive is revenge, but his his character is you know the 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 opposite spectrum of vigilante vigilante to to uh, Daredevil. Definitely, and I thought that was so good. Yeah, and that fucking scene where he fucking chains him to the thing and tapes a gun to his hand. That was, was and that I mean that is ripped verbatim from the comics. Really, which comic? I don't remember if it was a Daredevil or a Punisher comic. I think it was a Daredevil comic, but that's a verbatim comic book scene. That's cool. Yeah. Where he has, you know, he gives Daredevil the ultimate worst choice. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was, that was like tough, like tough to watch in a good way. Oh yeah. That was excellent. I mean, I I was watching that and I was like, I mean, I remember when I, as soon as it popped, as soon as it showed Daredevil chained and I was like, Oh fuck yeah, they're doing it, they're doing it, they're doing it. (laughs) And uh, they did it, and it was fucking great. Yeah. I mean, that's such a powerful moment between those two characters. Oh, totally. And the so I think this, like, this is the thing. With, with this show, it is very clear that they are going full-blown with Frank Miller's Daredevil. Um, in, terms of, in terms of the characterization yeah. and the way that they handle Matt Murdock as a person. Yep. Um, he doesn't have quite the sense of humor that, uh, fuck, who just did that really excellent Daredevil run? Mark Wade. Wade. Thank yeah. You. He doesn't have the Wade sense of humor. No. And that, and that's why I say this is very much Miller's Daredevil. I could do with a little bit more of the Wade sense of humor because I, I could really too. like Wade's Daredevil. Yeah. No. And Wade did a great, so this, this series has actually inspired me where I'm, I'm actually, once I finish Hickman's Avengers, I'm going all the way back to the beginning of Frank Miller's Daredevil and reading all the way through to Wade. Uh, I did that. I did. Uh-huh. It's a little tricky because you got to go back farther than Miller because Kelsey. Miller came in an issue like 137 or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could you can start. It doesn't hurt to go back a little bit just to like kind of walk into it because Miller was doing the artwork. Before, oh, that's he, right. before he started writing it. I do remember that. So and it's sort of, you, all, you sort of like already set that tone with Miller's yeah. artwork and then he takes over the story and then it's full bore. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to go back a couple 
and try to like that. and try to dive in that way. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But no, I mean this. So I mean this this version of Daredevil is very. I mean he as a person, just Matt Murdock himself, is very violent. He likes fighting and he likes getting the crap beat out of him and he likes hurting criminals. So yeah. So Jenica, we're watching it. Jenica turns to me. and She says. I'm almost bored with how violent this movie is. <laughs> this show is. And I was yeah. like, I, I, I see it. I see it. I don't mind it, but I, no. see, but I see it because it, it's, this is one of the most violent things I've ever watched. Oh yeah. No, I mean, uh, ever. Yeah. It's, it's there. I mean, there are definitely points in there. It is, it is really rough at a it's, lot of points. Uh, it's rough. It's, I mean, I think it's rough because it's so realistic. Oh yeah, I mean, he, dude, he's breaking people's arms like, like he's violently injuring people. Oh yeah, and I mean, it, and then also you add in the mix like not only is Daredevil ultra violent, but then Punisher is killing people Brutally. left and right. Yeah, just like you're only hanging guys on meat hooks. Or d- the dude that he shoots in the face with the shotgun. Oh yeah, I expected them to do the TV cut there. Yeah, and cut right as he pulled the trigger. No, they fucking they show him shoot the guy straight in the face with yeah, the shotgun. So brutal. There are a couple there. Oh, the one where the dudes come into the diner and he beats the hell out of the guy with the butt of the gun. Holy crap. And the guy's skin's like ripped and falling off his face. That, that there's a couple scenes where I was like, okay, dudes, like I, I, I appreciate you're going all the way, but this is borderline too hard to watch. Yeah. Coming from dude who likes horror movies, like, you know, like... It was rough. It was it's, challenging. Because it's so realistic. Because it's so... Like, it's it it really feels like this is what would really... Real, real, real superheroes would probably be more like this than anything else we see. Yes. And it's fucking hard to watch, man. Yeah. No, it... Some of those violent scenes were, were challenging. Um... So here's a here's a here's a here's a here's a I don't know what the general consensus is. The stairwell scene. Yes. Cheap play for uh, fan love or uh, uh, excellent successor to the original. Um, I I'm more on the side of excellent successor to the original. I mean, granted. So the 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 choreography I think was was much better this time around because there were a lot less instances of you know extra and or stunt double waiting a bit too long to get up mm-hmm. so that Murdoch can hit his mark before guy stands up to get hit back down again. Which honestly I didn't feel like it was in the first one until you said it and I watched it again. I was like, damn it, Jason. Yeah, it kind of ruins it. It shatters that glass. It takes and a little bit out of it. For me, it was Chase that ruined that for me. Really? Because, um, yeah, Chase was the first one that brought it up. He's like, I hated that scene. I was like, how the fuck do you hate this, the yeah. hallway fight? I, st- in, in I, still, I, I still really like it. Well, and it was a filmmaking accomplishment because that was a super, super long shot. There was no edits. It was 100% one shot. Yeah. You know, and not one take, but one shot. Uh-huh. The the choreography in that for it to be as good as it was, even if there were errors, is incredible. Yeah, totally. Um, this time around, the stairway fight scene, there were I think three cuts I throughout s- the thing. Yeah, I caught two. I didn't see a third, but there was there was one like there was there was a transition where they go like behind a guy's back and it does this. Well, the weird first one was, edit. goes around yeah. Daredevil's back. Yeah, 
That was a short. That was just. I honestly, that was probably just to get the camera from in front of him to behind him. It, yeah, it probably was. But either way, that means they still had to reset and still had to, you know, like. Oh no, sure. Um, but yeah, so it, there were those things. However, the choreography for each of those, each of those cuts and everything that happened was still insanely good, especially utilizing the duct taped hand and the handcuff chain on the other hand. So. Yeah, so to to add on exactly what you're saying, it started, he hits the elevator door, he starts walking out, and I'm like, okay, they're doing it. I know they're doing it. Yeah. And then like it started going, and I was like, ah, fuck, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sold. He like, walks by the old dude, and he's like, get back in your house. Are you okay? Whatever. Yeah. And he beats up those dudes, and I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I'm like, I, I really like that this series has these long shot fight scenes cause they're so visceral. Yes. But I, but in my mind I'm like, Oh fuck, it's cheap. It, you cheapened it. Like you, you fucking crushed it on the first season. It was such a moment. Yeah. How are you guys going to fucking pull this off? I'm not, I don't think it's going to work. And then it pans around and daredevil starts walking and he's fucking pissed and he whips the chain up and smashes the light. That part. And I was like, I'm fucking in. Yeah. That was the one that did it for me when he just snaps it up and breaks the light. Yeah. That was because just the reaction of that was so, you know, it was like literally it was the glass breaking moment of, you know, breaking through into that violent rage of. I'm going to destroy all these people. Yeah. And as soon as he starts whipping that chain around and whipping people with it and stuff, I was like, so cool. Fuck yeah. This is so it. cool. I'm in. I, um, the, so the thing with the fight scene in the first movie is, I think I would call it a movie. It pretty much is. Yeah. I, I know. I keep saying movie <laughs> I do too. In, in the first season. Um, is that that was the scene that established him as daredevil. Yeah. You know, that, that was the moment that he starts actually actively taking yeah. the fight you know, to the criminals. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that was so impactful. Not yes. only was it choreographed so well, but it was, it was a scene that meant something. Yes. In this season, that scene didn't really mean as much, but it was a statement. And it was just, and it was just like, okay. And it was like, here's the daredevil you are going to get for the rest of the show. Yeah. He's way more violent. Yes. He's way more skilled. Yes. Uh, and he's just cool as shit. So cool. And, <laughs> he's, yeah. It's cool. He's and his a cool guy. Okay, the outfit I actually love. When I saw it at the end of the first season, I didn't like the outfit. Well, you know it I mean it, it did change. It changed. And because I didn't really like the first one. When it changed, I was like, I'm in. I liked I really liked the design in the second yeah. one. Yeah. Well the weird thing for me was even the first one, like or even the first red outfit uh-huh. from the be you know from the end of the first season? I saw it in that like that shot that they had of it, and I think it was the angle more than anything. Whereas like looking up at him and all that stuff just looked kind of didn't look menacing. Um, but even in the first part of this season, I actually liked it a lot. Like for whatever reason, I liked having the black eyes and and all that stuff. Um, and then when they, when they changed it and went to the final version of the costume, I was actually a little bummed out by that at first. But then I, the more I got used to it, the more I liked it. Um, or not, it wasn't even a costume change; it was more just a, a helmet change. Um, but I, I, I do, I do think that was the right choice to to do the full red yeah. costume and, and have the ears open and exposed. I really dug that. Yep, it was closer to Chris Somney's. Uh, Chris Somney did a, a concept before 
before the first season came out, Chris Somney made a concept of what he would make Daredevil's costume look like. Mm-hmm. And he made sure to have the ears exposed, you know, to heighten his senses so that he can use his strength, obviously. Um, and uh, this one was closer to that, still not quite on par with it, because I think that design was just super fucking cool. If you go to, like, Chris Somney's Instagram, he's got it posted on there. Did you see the one that was, like proper daredevil costume and it's like a daredevil costume but it's got huge bat ears oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. well the funny thing is if you were to switch daredevil and batman's names it would probably be more accurate what do you mean like daredevil would probably be better suited for the name batman oh, I, yeah i got and I, batman I would probably be better suited for the name daredevil well that's what i felt like when i was watching it a little bit too i was like this is marvel's batman totally well i mean and and the reason for that so before frank miller on either characters they were not super close it was Frank Miller's interpretation of both characters uh-huh. that brought them to be as close as they are. Because yeah. beforehand, before Frank Miller, Batman was more happy, less brooding, less violent. Yeah. Um, you know, before Frank Miller, Matt Murdock was much less guilt-ridden, much less Catholic. Yeah. Much, you know, like, and so he, and, and both of them were much less noir. Right. Um, and so I think it is Frank Miller's influence that brought those characters to be as close as they are. Sure. Which is fine by me. Well, I mean, it's just what it is. But, the, but yeah. that's, I mean, that's what it is now. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's great. I love it. And that's the thing is, for, for all of Frank Miller's faults, these are two characters that he fucking nailed. Oh, yeah. Batman and Daredevil are both just, just masterworks of his. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and so what, what did you think of Elektra? So, uh... I don't know, man. That was tricky for me because I didn't initially get into it. Really? Mm-mm. How but come? Then, I don't know. I just was like, I never thought Electra was a great character to begin with. Uh huh. So I was kind of not really sold, and then I really, I what I felt like they did well was really give her depth into being kind of the character she is. Yeah. Um, and I and I started to enjoy her character much more, especially as it neared the end when she went a little bit more loco. Yeah, I, I did like that. I kind of I kind of hated her outfit, and it wasn't, like, I, I liked that it was, it was a less, um, it was a less sexualizing outfit, which was good. Yeah. And it's not, that's not the part of it that I didn't like. The part of it that I didn't like is it, it was, it almost looked like something you could buy at Walmart. Yeah. You I, know what I mean? I liked her initial not necessarily outfit, but just when she had the like tank top with the like things she could pull over her. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. That's what I didn't like is because it, to me it felt like Electra should have something more, almost closer to a ninja. You know, like because what that was is it, it just looked like some tank top that you could buy that had that thing on it. You know, like that it was made with like Under Armour type material or something. So, oh, so not the costume she gets from uh, Dude. No, 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 no. That that one I thought I liked a little better yeah. actually. Um, although the dress, the whole like dress trench coat, whatever the hell that thing was, that looked it looked, dumb. yeah, it looks pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, but without that, I think it looked okay. Yeah. Um, but no, her, her initial outfit, I really just did not like, cause it just looked like she threw on something that was sitting in her closet or something, you know? And like, yeah. to me, that's just not who Electra is with the training that she's had and, and who she is. It felt like she would have something more, you know, more closer closer to what the hand we're all wearing right um i would have loved to have her actually wear like a full ninja outfit that would have been sick yep um so that was the disappointing part for me sure i i I thought the actress was really good though she was really good she actually so she has this is like a weird thing i don't even know what it has to do with anything but 
she has a face that's very similar to an ex of mine. Uh-huh. And it kept throwing me off because for like four or five episodes, I couldn't figure out what it was about her face that was like striking something in me. Uh-huh. And it like, not like anger or like weird or anything like that. It was just like oddly familiar. And I was like oddly attracted to it, but not like in a general sense of like, Oh, this is, this actress is, is hot or whatever. And then I finally realized, like, Oh, she's got like these <laughs> super familiar features. That's funny. Um, and so that that was kind of funny, and then from then I was like, okay, that's that's why she's like attractive, but I can't stop thinking about how attractive she is, is because it is just when something hits that familiar nerve or whatever, yep. it's like oh shit, and then you just can't stop. Um, but no, I really liked her. I'm I'm still not quite sure if that's her actual accent, because there were certain times when she was talking that she's I, French Cambodian. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, there, there so was. I think she's a native French speaker, but I think she may have grown up in the UK. Okay. So I think she's got a little bit of both in there, and she can kind of. Yeah, because the accent, the accent did sound. There were just certain things that she said where it kind of sounded awkward, and maybe it's because she's trying to lean more heavily to one side or the other. But what I liked about that, though, was it sort of gave her an ambiguity, a very ambig- ambiguous origin. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's UK, but not really, probably. And she That's true. certainly doesn't look it. Yeah, and I'm. Gl- <laughs> it's it's good that it wasn't like a, a Jaden Smith accent from After Earth. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Man, we gotta add that to the like bad movie watch list. Oh God, that's one of the worst movies I've ever watched in my life. That movie was so fucking horrible. <laughs> Yeesh. Um, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I I I I really like all the ninja stuff. Fuck yeah. That whole first ninja scene where they're in the car driving away and there's all the ninjas in the streets running around and like swarming over the rooftops and stuff. I was like, yes. That, okay, that, the end of that one episode when they're all climbing up on, all over the hospital. So cool. That just moment of like, you know, Foggy's looking out the window and then it zooms, you know, it pans out to the outside of the hospital and there's just like 50 ninjas just climbing those fucking walls. So cool. Holy shit. So cool. I thought, I thought they were going to make, the Shadowland in this season. I really thought Shadowland was going to oh, yeah. happen. Because yeah. especially when they when they said Black Sky, uh-huh. that was instantly what I thought was uh, Shadowland. Hey, what? I might get there. So, that'd, be, that'd be cool. Is So explain Black Sky to me. Because I... Is that a comics thing that you've been aware of? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. But keep in mind that... Yeah, you, you haven't read tons of Daredevil? I read a lot of Daredevil, but not, a, not any really the Electra stuff. I read okay. Frank Miller's Daredevil a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that part to me was like, I don't know. I don't odd. remember if it has any bigger connotation or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, I don't know that like that, that part, once it started getting into that stuff that got a little, uh, shaky for me in terms of like just following the narrative uh-huh. and like what was going on with Electro, what was going on with the hand and, and all the, and especially all the, 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 the blood people. Um, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was cool. It was just like it, it definitely got a little hard to follow at certain points of that. Yeah, it it got a little. Uh, I mean, I, I assume they're going to dive a little bit more into that. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of liked they didn't really explain what was really going on. Yeah, I mean it was cool, and, and it didn't take away from the. I mean, value the only explanation is like there's blood and there's some stuff in there, and it makes people mm-hmm. immortal. Cool. Move yeah. on. Um, I liked Karen Page infinitely more this season. Uh, yeah, I did too. She was, because last season, it almost felt sometimes like she was a prop. Yeah. 
And, you know, they tried to have her doing stuff, but it still just sort of felt a little forced and a little inconsequential. Um, whereas this season, like her, her arc this season was really damn good. It was very good. Especially where it comes around to her, you know, the entire season, she's basically like dealing with the fact that she actually kind of feels like Punisher's doing the right thing. Yep. And then by the end, she, you know, eventually comes to the realization that she's not okay with it, you know, like, and I thought that was good, like showing some, some real genuine character growth with somebody who is obviously very damaged. Yeah. Um, was good because it's almost, there's sort of this, this long process of Karen page kind of regaining her own confidence and her own humanity sort of with whatever happened in her past. Yeah. Um, you know, whether they, they take from the comics on that or not, but, um, you know, and so her not only establishing her job as a reporter and, and all that stuff, but I don't know. It was, that was great. Yeah, it's all cool stuff. Yeah, I, I thought that she was uh, a highlight of the season. For sure. Yeah. Um, how about Kingpin? I like how they played Kingpin. Yeah? Yeah, I, I really like how it's like, he's just running things from prison. It was cool that he actually like had an arc in yeah. this season. Yeah. Totally. You know? I mean, I... I didn't expect him to be in the season at all. Yeah, me neither. So when yeah when uh, when Frank comes around the corner and there's uh, Fisk sitting there, I was like, yes, yeah, cool. that was. And I particularly awesome. liked the dynamic between Frank and Fisk. Oh hell yeah! And especially that final scene that they have together. Yeah. So 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 powerful. Yeah, huge. Uh, yeah, and that was also one of the hardest scenes to watch. Yeah. When Frank's in the cell block. Yep. That I, that was a point for me where I was like, okay, th- this is borderline too hard for me to watch. Yeah, that was that was really rough. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. There there really wasn't anything in the season that I didn't like. No, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the whole thing. Yeah, um, I really liked sort of the parallel with the Punisher. Yeah, finding homeboys body armor. Oh yeah, you that his, was cool. You see his body armor, and you can you, you can uh, kind of see the skull. Tell, and you're like, oh shit! Then he pulls out the spray can. And he pulls out the spray can. I was like, yes. <laughs> Each of the main characters kind of have that moment in the season where they become who they are. Right. Like with Daredevil, when he finally, when when Daredevil finally gets the Billy Club, in my head, that was kind of the final moment where I was like, okay, now he's really Daredevil. That was also a super cool moment where it's like, here, check this out. It's a Billy Club. And he's, especially when he starts yeah. saying the possibilities yeah. of it, like things he can use it for, I'm like, oh. well, I think that's what I think that got me most excited when he gets a Billy Club and it's just like, finally, yes, yeah. it's, it's happening, it's really happening, and so uh, cool. and then he's up on top of that building and he whips it out and jumps off and swings. Yeah, down. I was like, yes. that was so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, he so yeah, Daredevil gets the Billy Club, Punisher busts out the spray can, and Electra when she gets the, gets the size like. Yep, the three of them—they all just have kind of that moment, where you're like, the "Oh, iconic. fuck, yeah. yeah, so cool!" And especially when Punisher just discovers that whole armory, yeah, you're like, "Holy yeah, shit!" That was pretty cool. The only thing I didn't like about the, maybe it's not that I didn't like, but the only part that I thought I was like kind of corny was when the Punisher showed up at the end to like shoot four ninjas and be like, "Go get them, Red." Yeah, I was like ah, that's kind of corny. corny. Yeah, and I'm super into it because you're wearing your fucking Punisher. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I know. Even though you could barely see it, you're yeah. like, you still like, you sort of see it, you're like, oh, there's the skull. Yeah. I can kind of see it. <laughs> um, 
What do you think of Foggy this season? I guess he's really the last like main character to to cover. Um, actually, Foggy. there's one more other. Foggy. Uh, I I personally thought that that I liked him. I thought I, I what I really liked the, the the thing I liked most about Foggy was his dynamic with Murdoch, where you know that they're totally disagreeing, and you know Foggy's like I'm your friend no matter what. Yeah, and I'm gonna 100 percent disagree with you and get mad at you, but I'm still still so your buddy. Friend. Yeah. I know, and that 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 part to me, like when, you know, when they call it quits on Nelson and Murdoch, that part to me was was almost heartbreaking. Oh yeah, because that I don't know, especially over those first two seasons, they build that friendship so well that it's just like it's it's rough to watch that. It is rough to watch that, especially because especially there's those times where Matt's just shutting himself out yep. completely. There were moments where I was like, "God damn it, Matt!" Seriously. So I saw. Uh, a list of like tweets that perfectly sum up uh, season two, season two of Daredevil, <laughs> and one of them was like, "This quote perfectly sums up season two of Daredevil." And the quote was, "God damn it, Frank!" <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though, yeah. God um, damn. The other one I really enjoyed was like, "It's fun watching the Daredevil court scene with Frank, and knowing that somewhere out there Groot exists." <laughs> 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 that's amazing it's so good oh my god there's so many like i love jokes like that they're like these brilliant jokes but to people who aren't like hardcore into this entire connected universe yeah. like they just do not make sense yeah, totally. they don't they don't hold any water um one quick thing so i i really liked that they that they are are showing and making clear the fact that matt cannot hold a relationship to save his fucking life yeah because i mean that's exactly how it's always been in the comics is he's always just constantly fucking up relationships yeah um actually i enjoy that that's coming through in the show um but then also i dude i love the involvement of stick i didn't expect stick to come back no i didn't either i thought that was great and that he is he is channeling his inner clint eastwood really well yeah he's i really like that actor in general yeah and i think he plays this role perfectly totally that was, I know that was the hardest scene for Jenica to watch. She didn't watch it when which one when they stick the bamboo up his fingernails. Oh yeah, that was holy crap. That's borderline. That was a little too much for uh, me. Borderline too much. Yeah, that was rough. That was real bad. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, there there's the little criticisms, especially in terms of the intensity. But I think it's a show designed to be that intense yeah, and that no. hard to watch at points. What I, what I really like is uh, you, you can kind of see a bigger perspective. Now that we've got Daredevil Season 2 and we've got Jessica Jones, what this whole Netflix yeah. world is coming to, and I'm really excited. Totally. Me too. I And I think I think it was a great way to, to sort of you know lead into what's to come with the Defenders and with Jessica Jones um, and Iron Fist and, and anything like that. Like I... Um, I really think that it's, I don't know, it's its setting the perfect stage for the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, anyway, do you, do you think they get a season three for Daredevil? Yep. Yeah? No, totally. Do you think they put it before or after Defenders? Who knows? That's true. I guess. Probably after. Yeah. That's the hard part, too, is Defenders is still like two years away, well, two or I three mean, years away. Luke Cage, and then it's going to be Jessica Jones, too. Yeah. I wonder, so this, this year we're getting Luke Cage. Yeah. Next year we're getting Jessica Jones season two. 
I don't know if Iron Fist is confirmed to be next year. I think it might be since they cast him, so they might. I bet you it is. And then maybe, well, fuck. That's the hard part. Is like cause I think they're I think they're also like looking at what's happening and probably going to re rearranging stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to go multiple like it's hard to go more than a year without a season of a TV show. You know, you can't just like because despite the fact that they have this connected universe, you can't just suspend Daredevil for a year and then bring it back for season three. You know, like because people not everyone's watching all of the shows. You know, right. And that, that's, I guess that's a part that's been surprising to me is like tons of people who watch Jessica Jones but didn't watch Daredevil or vice versa um, because they don't really interact that much. No, well, not yet. Not yet. Um, and so I think they almost have, like, they might just start really, which I guess if they start releasing more per year, then that's fine by me, you know? Oh, dude, yeah. They I went like from it. one last year to now two that, well, I guess they had two last year because Daredevil was toward the beginning and... and Jessica Jones is toward the end, so yeah, yeah. And then they're doing the same this year, so I guess uh, yeah. I don't know. It'll be hard if every single one of them gets renewed for multiple seasons. Like if all of them are really good and they decide to renew them, that's gonna get crowded. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with Luke Cage. Yeah, I guess they could at that point they could start combining them. Like they could do Heroes for Hire with Luke Cage and and Iron Fist, and then they could you know. Yeah, that's the thing know. is they they've got options. There's they plenty do. of something to do. as long as they don't start doing like Punisher and Ghost Rider and Blade. And yeah, Morbius. I know there's been tons of talk about like bringing Blade back and and really doing Ghost Rider and stuff. Just skip those. Yeah, go straight to Hawkeye, guys. Come on, seriously, Hawkeye. Hawkeye should be priority number one. <laughs> um. Anyway, is uh, is there anything else you want to cover? Yeah, uh, no, that about sums it up. I think we'll probably do another recap once we get the rest of the crew back on. Totes, totes, totes. Um, totes. Super. Um, all right. Uh, follow us on any social network at uh, Savage Land Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Savage Land Pod on Twitter. Leave us your reviews. Mention Keith David. Uh watch Jurassic Park The Lost World so we can talk about it. You probably already did. But you probably already did and have been waiting for us to finally talk about it. Um, read Animal Man by Jeff Lemire, Volume 1. Um, and uh, oh, and, and check out we've finally got some videos up on YouTube. Um, we are not quite at the subscriber level yet to be able to customize our URL. So I've I've done a, a pretty thorough job of tagging all of our videos with That Might Be Cool or TMBC or things like that. So if you search that, I'm sure you'll find them. We've got some Battlefront gameplay and some other random little videos. So search for those, find them, fun stuff, whatever. Uh, and uh, join us next week. <laughs>